Okay, uh, good morning to all of you in, on the West Coast and good afternoon to all of you on the East Coast. It is Gary Morris from the DLC Group of Companies and your host of the Level Up Podcast. To say I'm excited, I'm excited today about our upcoming guest would be an understatement. Mr. Harvey McKay has been somebody who I have personally followed uh, for more than 30 years now. Uh, I know in uh, sort of 1988, um, the first book I read of Harvey's, which was, I believe, his first book, was How to Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, had an incredible impact on my business journey uh, and how I went forward. And I followed him ever, ever since. Um, I want to uh, just first off walk through Harvey's bio for you. Harvey McKay has sold 10 million books in 52 languages and 80 countries. He has written seven New York Times bestsellers, three of which have hit number one, including Swim with the Sharks Without, Beating, Without Being Eaten Alive. Two of his books were named by the New York Times among the best 15 motivational business books of all time. He is also a nationally syndicated columnist, and his weekly articles appear in more than 100 newspapers across the country with a circulation of more than 10 million readers. Harvey speaks once a week somewhere in the world to a Fortune 1000 company arts equivalent and has done so for 30 years. He was also voted by Toastmasters International as one of the top five speakers in the world, along with likes like Tony Robbins. He is also the founder and chairman of the $100 million McKay Envelope Company, the American Management Association listed Harvey among the top 30 leaders who influenced business in 2014, which also included uh, Colin Powell, Jack Welch, and Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson. In 2015, Forbes said Harvey McKay is one of the world's top leadership experts who has accomplished more in business than most entrepreneurs could achieve in their lifetime. And with that, Harvey McKay is with us today. Harvey, good morning. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Gary, thank you so much. Uh, the minute I pen this on my calendar, I've been excited, looking forward to being with you. Harvey, I can't tell you how many times over the years in mutual friends, other speakers, podcasters, world-renowned people, your name has come up. I can't tell you how much of an influence you have been in my life. Uh, and I truly mean that. And you've been the mentors to thousands and thousands over the years. And here you are, you know, you continue to give back and you're always going, you know, the extra mile. So I wanted to really, really thank you for being here today. A couple of things I want to say to all of our viewers. I see the comments coming in right now. Guys, we're going to be giving away uh, 50 of Harvey's uh, new book. You haven't hit your peak yet, right? We're really, really excited about uh, giving this away. All you have to do is make a comment, reach out online. Uh, the podcast tag, the hashtag for this series is level up like Harvey, level up like Harvey. So guys, please tag me, please tag Harvey. Uh, please use all social media channels. I think what we're going to go over today and to have someone like Harvey sharing his insight over all of these years is going to be absolutely tremendous. So thank you again, Harvey. We're going to jump right in. Harvey, you said over the years, um, you know, that practice, or you've heard the saying over the years, practice makes perfect, right? You say not true. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, you're spot on there. Uh, it's wrong. Practice makes perfect. You got to add one word, perfect. Practice makes perfect. Practice something time and time again, and, and if you're doing the wrong thing, you've made an error and you put a ceiling on how good you can become. Example, there's a lot of golfers out there. You can play golf eight days a week. You can practice eight days a week. But if you've got a loop in your swing, what are you doing? 
you're perfecting an error. You've put a ceiling on how good you can become. So it's very, very important, okay, that you practice the right concepts without question. Now, I've had a, a lot of coaches in my life, and uh, I'm a firm believer in coaches because I want to practice the right thing. So over my lifetime, and I probably still have about, oh, 70 to 80% of these coaches, okay? I've got a personal trainer, and I've got a speech coach, and I have a foreign language coach. I've, I've studied Russian, Chinese, Japanese, and Arabic. Uh, I've had a humor coach. I've got a, a marathon coach, lucky enough to run 10 marathons in the Bostons and the New York marathons. I've got an idea coach over and above that, a golf coach, a tennis coach, a, a swimming coach, a dancing coach, thanks <laughs> to my wife, Carol Ann. I have a memory coach out in New York. I've got a, a internet coach, a, a, a social media coach. Now, why do I have all these coaches? Because whatever my God-given talent is, whatever my God-given potential is, that's it. I can't do any better. I'll have a project. I'll, I'll make a time and action calendar right, as to when and how it gets done. And then I'll go out and find the best people, not in the United States sometimes, but the best people in the world, okay? Obviously, including Canada, and I do. And then, okay, I'm practicing the right concepts. I learn it. I try my guts out. I leave it all out on the playing field. Bingo, guess what? I don't worry. I don't have anything else to worry about. I can't do any better. All it is out there is trying your guts out, leaving it all out there on the playing field. And again, I don't worry. And why should I worry? Because over a lifetime, if you happen to do that, all right, you will really perform at a higher level and take your business, okay, to a higher level. So that's very, very uh, important, without question. You know, that's really remarkable. It's uh, it's funny. I've been saying to people for so many years, the best investment you can make is uh, is in yourself. And, you know, it's amazing that you brought in so many experts over the years to dial up your game and you're still doing it. It's uh, it's it's very it's incredible, Harvey. Just thank you so much for uh, for sharing that. Harvey, one of the things that, you know, I think is synonymous with you uh, and this is what, you know, really in the early days sort of impacted me was your ability to network, right? Like you have just, you figured out, you know, the unexpected emotional connections, you know, how to really build, you know, sort of raving fans and build these deep relationships uh, over the years. And it's funny because I read your book and I'll never forget it. And I said to you when we spoke last week that I think this was probably the best networking book, right? That was ever written. And it was uh, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, the only networking book you'll ever need. Why is networking so crucial to business success? Well, uh, a little add-on is that I'm so proud that it's in 100 universities uh, around the United States. Wow. So you're well, yeah. And again, the only networking book you ever need. Well, if I had to share the single characteristic, okay, by all the truly successful people I have met over a lifetime, I'd say it's the ability to create and nurture a network of contacts. Very, very important. Hey, you can take all my money from me. 
Take all my factories from me. Take all my plants from me. Take all my people, my employees. But leave me my network, and I'll be back to where I was today in three to five years. Brief story, maybe uh, on networking. My father, head of the Associated Press, 30 years in St. Paul and Minneapolis, the Twin Cities. Got a hold of me, age 18. And he said, Harvey, all right. I want you to keep a Rolodex. Every person you meet the rest of your life, assuming you want to keep in touch with them, goes into that Rolodex file, a little bit about them on the back of the card, and now here's the key. All right, find a creative, underline creative way to keep in touch. That's what I've been doing ever since I was 18 years of age. So again, very succinctly, uh, very briefly, all right, I write Swim with the Sharks without being eaten alive. I want to get published. I get one of the best publishers in the world, William Morrow and Company, at that particular time. I have a summit meeting with them. And remember, in those days, okay, many decades ago, if you're a first-time unknown author, first-time unknown author, they would print 10,000 hardcover books. That's it. No more. So summit meeting, CEO, president, VP National Sales, uh, go in for the meeting. Now, remember, I'm a first-time unknown author from the flyover state of Minnesota. <laughs> I want to get published. 30 minutes into the meeting, I say, I'd like you to seriously consider printing 100,000 hardcover copies, Swim with the Sharks. We're on the 30th floor. They told me to jump. Uh, <laughs> all, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I looked. Uh, in fact, the, the sales manager just screamed at me. He said, who are you? <laughs> The thing, you know, think you'd come in here and get 100,000, but never print more than 10,000. So I brought two humongous briefcases in, took out two huge Rolodex files, 6,500 names since my father got a hold of me, age 21 or 18, even a little bit earlier. Started to go through them. Pillsbury, General Mills, there's 3M, 30,000 employees. Here's Carlson Company, 40,000. Here's Cargo, 50,000. Maybe they'll read the book, maybe they'll <laughs> pass it around. Maybe it'll be a, a bestseller. Then I went to France, Germany, Spain, and my other Rolodex. Okay, maybe it'll be an international bestseller. Three weeks, three meetings later, they printed 100,000 hardcover copies, Swim with the Sharks. Our lives basically change in two ways. People we meet and the books we read. And again, and just one last aside, uh, at World War III with them again, uh, because I want to be the first one ever. I'm not sure where I was. Money back guaranteed. Money back guaranteed if you don't like swimming. Sharks. Took three weeks. I prevailed. Sold five million books the first year. And 17 people asked for their money back. Seven <laughs> of them. Seven of them were my best friends. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, I just it's funny because it's just... You know, we work so hard in business to build relationships and we chase, you know, the, you know, the new client. And then so many people get in the habit. They chase them, they chase them, they chase them. They enter into, you know, a short term relationship. They, they, they complete the transaction and then they never call them again. And I've always thought it's the biggest miss ever. So the foundation of that, and this is, you know, something I alluded to earlier was something called the McKay 66. And it's impossible to talk about networking without discussing the, the McKay 66 customer profile, the absolute cornerstone of your life's work.
The McKay 66 certainly helped my career and changed my life. I can tell you, I've used it or a, a, a part of it for many, many years. Our company still, you know, uh, uses it today. A lot of our uh, presidents and our organizations use it as a foundation. Can you tell us about the McKay 66 and explain what it is and the impact? Well, the gist of it is, and of life, people don't care how much you know about them once they realize how much you care about them. And we invented many, many, many years ago, all right, a new product. As you might have guessed, it's not an envelope. <laughs> it's that yeah. 66 question, customer profile, we require all of our salespeople to fill out. You wouldn't believe how much we know about our customers, IRS wouldn't believe how much we know about our customers. And I'm not talking about their taste in envelopes either. We want to know based on true confession and true, true understanding, true digging down, okay, what a customer is like as a human being, what he or she feels strongly about, he's most proud of having achieved, what are his, you know, hanging on the wall, what does he care about? That's what we want to know. So we wind up CAT scanning and we wind up MRIing Okay, the people that we call on, uh, we'll know everything. All those questions you just said, five answers, five answers better than three, 10 are, are better than five, 30 are better than 20. Question number 66 on the form. Does your competitor have more and better answers to the above questions than you do? No, it's just a concept, philosophy tool. Doesn't answer all the questions, but dramatically increases the probability you will get the business over a long period of time. Yeah, it's absolutely remarkable. And, and it should be noted that um, not only do they use this, this questionnaire, this summary uh, with their clients, but they use it for their staff and their suppliers. And it's everyone's job in the in in and you, you've since you know brought in the partner i think but in mckay in, in the envelope company uh you you've made it everyone's job over a series of many interactions just daily interactions with these customers to you know make it part of your job to add something to the mckay 66 to to add in you just don't all of a sudden send out this you know 66 questionnaire you know form and say please fill it out you collect it through casual conversation over an extended period of time is that correct very yep spot on so yeah Certainly correct. Yeah, and then what happens? Uh, and then what happens is, uh, you know, anytime there's something that happens in, you know, a customer or a client or a supplier's life, you know, and it's impactful. Maybe their son has, you know, broken his leg or something, and they they hear about it or they see it on social media. They can go on there and they can go, oh God, I know that their team is New York Jets, and maybe Harvey knows someone through his database in the New York Jets, and he can have that jersey signed and couriered out. We're going to talk about creative gifts and and making those unexpected emotional connections, but you know. Harvey literally, and I promise you, you know, is the first guy that I've ever seen. And I've studied personal development for so many years. He was the, he was the grandfather, right. Of, of, of doing this early on. It is, in, it is incredible. So another, another just real quick example uh, would be because of the 66 and it has changed my whole life. And, and again, if I had to just, uh, if I had to prioritize, it's right there, of course, at, at the top. But I was calling on the biggest account in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, Fortune 500. All of our listeners here on the Zoom, they have heard of this company. Huge, huge user of envelopes. Three years, they wouldn't buy from me. One day, I made a pit stop. And the secretary, his secretary, it, you know, comes out. I knew her, had done a 66 on her. And she tips me off 
that his 12-year-old son got hit by a, a car riding a bicycle. He's in Abbott Northwestern Hospital, downtown Minneapolis. Bingo, goes right off. Hey, I know that his father, who I'm calling on, teaches his basketball team, sixth grade. And so, so I go down and I go to the Timberwolves basketball NBA, and I get 10 people to sign a basketball, ship the basketball to the hospital, you know, little notes to the kid. $10 million, not a typo, $10 million later in envelope business. Little things mean a lot. That's not true. Again, little things mean everything. It's incredible. What a, what a fascinating story. And it just bodes exactly to what you said. It's about, you know, it's not, you know, they care about how much you care about them, right? That's the foundation. And yeah, what a lovely story. Thank you. Um, Harvey, maybe talk to me about reciprocity. Um, tell me about reciprocity um, without keeping score, I think is the key. Yeah, surely. And <laughs> every, every, Every uh, question you ask me, I want to say this is the most important <laughs> yeah. of all. But I think I, I can, yeah, reciprocity without keeping score. I think I can say maybe this is numero uno, okay, among uh, all that I'm going to bring up, the, the lessons and, the, and what we can learn, okay, from other people as well as ourselves, whether books. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I say... Hi, how do you do? I'm introduced. This is what I've been practicing all my life. Okay, hi, Gary. And hi, Harvey. How are you? Sure. The minute I meet anyone new most of my life, okay, it goes right here to my brain bank. And what do I say to myself? What can I do for Gary? What can I do for Gary? And so what's really important, and there are maybe 5 or 10% of the people uh, in the country and in the world, Okay, that practice that. What can I do for you? It will change your life all by all by itself. But now what I did is I took it a step further. And that I added, expect nothing in return. Right. No matter who does what for me, reciprocity without keeping score. No, you do not keep score. A very salient point. Uh, and that's my philosophy. How can I better your life? Yeah, well, how can I improve it? And I do that. I do that every day. You know, I love that uh, that analogy. It's it's just like you know something that you know you've heard said many times from 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 smart people. You know, it's it's going the extra mile without expecting anything in return, and you know, doing something hard to do when nobody's watching. Because it's really easy to do something when somebody's watching you're getting accolades and oh my god, you're so kind, you're so generous. But it's when you're doing it when nobody's watching when it's most important. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Absolutely, absolutely right. Harvey, I want to talk to you about, uh, and I'm, without, without question. Yeah, thank you. I want to talk to you about. I'm going to just keep going down our list because I, I just want to say to everyone here, uh, Harvey has been doing this at the 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 most senior level for more than 30 years. He has got thousands of hours of interviews and studying the very very best in the world. I mean, the information. Uh, you know, that Harvey is sharing with us today is absolutely extraordinary. And it's so important, guys, that we actually drink this all in and 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 find ways to immediately implement some of this stuff. So I'm going to go continue to go through my list because I, I want to make sure we, we get it. Integrity. Integrity is a word that everyone everyone says. And, you know, but I know you have for years and years, you know, some of the virtues of, you know, being a stickler for integrity, integrity and just no situational ethics. What is your philosophy? 
around integrity? Yes, and uh, before I answer that question, maybe I could uh, tell our audience, okay, that my goal every time I hear a speaker, okay, or read a book is to get a couple of ideas that you can use the rest of your life. That's a heck of a speech. That's a heck of a book. And that's my goal every single time. And I call that take home value. I mean, my goal before I came on is to get, okay, our beautiful audience to use some of these concepts tomorrow morning and over and over and over again. Knowledge does not become power until it's used. Ideas without action are worthless. So now let's say uh, you want to speak about integrity. Uh, I have to say this is this is number one. This is the, this is the finest <laughs> play I happen to like. Okay, in my in my in my thirty years uh, that I've been out there in the marketplace, maybe thirty five. But I, I call it always act like your mother is watching. So this is we're talking about again ethics. There's been a consistent gradual decline in the United States for about the last fifty years from my perspective. And I think it's reached new extremes lately, okay? Every institution that can be measured, unfortunately, the arrow is going the wrong way. From senators to congressmen to state legislators, religious institutions, business leaders, uh, sports heroes, students cheating in college, and many, many more. And so therefore, this is the story, allow me to just share it with you, an example of ethics. A mother was invited for dinner at her son Brian's apartment. During the course of the meal, Brian's mother couldn't help all notice how beautiful Brian's roommate Jennifer was. Brian's mom had long suspected a relationship between Brian and Jennifer. Over the course of the evening, while watching the two interact, she started to wonder if there were more between them than met the eye. Reading his mom's thoughts, Brian volunteered, hey, Mom, I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you, Jennifer and I, we're just roommates. About a week later, Jennifer came to Brian, saying, ever since your mother came to dinner, I've been unable to find that beautiful silver gravy ladle. You don't suppose she took it, do you? Well, I doubt it, Brian said, but hey, I'll send her an email just to be sure. So he wrote, dear mom, I'm not saying that you did take the gravy ladle. I'm not saying that you did not take the gravy Leo. But the fact remains that one has been missing, one has been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Love, Brian. Several days later, Brian received an email back from his mother. Their son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with Jennifer, and I'm not saying that you do not sleep with Jennifer. But the fact remains that if Jennifer had been sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the ladle by now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Love, I love that. Love mom. So moral of the story, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. And I love the quote that you said, always act like your mother is watching. That yep. is so powerful. That is such a guiding light. So Harvey, you are incredibly creative. Right. Creativity. You know, I've heard you speak several times, um, you know, and the first lesson you always talk about uh, is of creativity. Why do you think creativity is so important? Well, uh, 
Without question, and I won't go on to say this is my number one, but I but I do love it. Uh, first of all, every listener out there has to know there is no correlation between IQ and creativity. Every person out there can become more creative than ever, ever, ever before without without question. So uh, let's just talk about you go out to business, you have a meeting, uh, you have a, a dinner, a breakfast, you're playing golf with the client, he or she. Uh, boring, I mean, if you're boring, if you're predictable, I, I say that all the time to my sales force, don't be boring, don't be predictable, okay? Be a differentiator. So you have to come up with all these creative ideas, and that's what I've been doing all of my life. Back to my father again, we used to call it the icebox, rather the refrigerator. He'd have all these sayings and all these ideas that would come out of the set every day. That's all. They'd be on the car, on the dashboard. They'll be when you're where you're shaving uh, uh, the nine yards. So let me just let me just pass on a tip, uh, if I may, to everyone. I think they can use tomorrow morning. And I think they should use it the rest of their life. And let's call it maybe two tips. So one of them would be what I do. Incidentally, the definition of a secret is when one person knows. So it's no, <laughs> it's no longer going to be a secret. But but when I get a, a key account, someone's really important to me, I give them the name, I'm your 911. I'm your 911. You can't believe how those people over a period of many, many, many years always say, I want to speak to Mr. 911, or they think about it that you're Mr. 911, which is which is just so very wonderful. I just can't begin to tell you. That's one thing they can start. That's really creative. That's not being that's not being boring, uh, as as you well know. So uh, so so mark that mark that down. Then yeah, here's the 450-foot home run in the ninth inning, seventh game, World Series, okay? <laughs> uh, you have a very good client, he or she, and they call up on the phone on your screen, and you answer, the answer is yes. Yeah. Repeat, the answer is yes. I want to tell you, you want every client to think that, that they are the only client that you have. Well, very, very important. Harvey, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna show their socks off. Unbelievable. I'm gonna show you something. And you know, I did funny, I didn't know who was the, the who who germinated that idea for me. And I bet you hearing that that was you. Let me show you. I'm gonna turn my camera around. Let me show you something that I put on my wall when I started this company 16 years ago. Wow. You can, see that? Yes, I got a sign. Y E yes. Yes. That was the first thing that I ever put on my wall. 16 years ago, and it was find a way to say yes. And it is so enlightening to hear you say that. And I bet you I picked up sort of that belief all those many, many years ago, you know, reading and listening to you. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you for that. Well, <laughs> very good. Very good. Shared, yeah. shared vision and, and shared answers and, and everything. Well, yeah. um, uh, I wish I would have said this, but I didn't. Uh, Robert Frost said, the mind is a wonderful organ. Start working the moment you get up in the morning. It doesn't stop till you get to the office. So if you've analyzed kind of all the things I've said there so far, think big, think bold, 
think creative, think stretch, think quantum leaps, always think becoming a differentiator, think vision, think speed, think customize, think focus, think flexible. Sometimes it's risky not to take a risk. Or if you walk backwards, you'll never stub your toe. <laughs> Let's just go back to vision for just a second. Helen Keller, totally blind, eight, six months, brilliant author, brilliant lecturer, cum laude graduate, Radcliffe College. She's making a speech on a college campus. Time for Q&A. Mean, spirited questionnaire, back of the room. Ask her, tell me, Ms. Keller, is losing your eyesight the worst thing in the world that can happen to anyone? No, she said, it's losing your vision. See, eyesight oh, wow. is what we see in front of us. Vision all the way down the road. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Remarkable. I want to jump back. Uh, I had a point here that I missed that I wanted to ask you about, and it all ties in. I mean, so far we talked about, you know, the practice, the networking, the McKay 66, reciprocity, integrity. Uh, it's all under the foundation of leadership. And whether we realize it or not, we're all leading, right? Every single day we do, uh, some much better than others. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on leadership. And the question I have for you, are leaders born or are they developed and made? Well, I can tell you, you know, there'll be a lot of arguments on this. But again, uh, I'm entitled to my opinion. Un <laughs> unequivocally, leaders are not born. Leaders are made. If you have a deep down burning desire, okay, and focused, all right, to become a leader, then you can become a leader. And one of the ways you do it is just self-help books and, and reading and watching on television and especially going around with leaders. When I ran my 10 marathons, I hung out with marathoners all the time. And all of a sudden becomes a part of you. So leaders are the same thing. I could go to the I could go to the Google right now and every single positive word, consistent and courage. Okay, on and on and on, down just down every row, name every single word, and guess what? That would be a leader. All right. But what's really important here is that you, you have to understand that every single leader is different. No two leaders are the same. And therefore, uh, well, Lou Holtz, example, again, you, you know, my, my closest friend, a, a, a fabulous leader. Okay, one of the greatest college football coaches that ever lived, for those of you in Canada that may have heard of him, Notre Dame, 11 years, and I could go on and on and on about his bio. But he's, he's not only that, he's the number one speaker in the world, according to the Washington Speakers Bureau. And they represent Margaret Thatcher and Gorbachev and all, all of them. Number one in the world, 15 years in a row. Wow. So he's a very talented leader. We're joined at the hip. Yeah. I haven't I, I happen known him for 35 years. We speak every other day for 35 years. And just one brief story, okay, because you have to be knowledgeable. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to be able to teach it. How did he teach those players? Well, in high school, he weighed 128 pounds. He was so skinny he could tread water in a test tube, right? <laughs> and he didn't make the team. But then he's creative again. 
And so he rolls into the coach and he says, you know, uh, I know I didn't make the team, but I could be a very valuable asset. I'll learn all 11 positions. And if someone gets hurt, he said, I'll be able to fill in just temporarily, okay, for that game, whomever got hurt, okay, in that particular position. Bingo. Coach said, yes, of course. And so he learned all 11 positions on the football field. Now he goes to all the schools that he's coached at, five or six of them, but especially at Notre Dame. I was in the locker room with him for 11 straight years. But he would go in, and let's just say the tight ends had a bad day out there. Let's say the (laughs) Let's say that the offensive line had a bad day. Let's say the defensive line. Anytime that happened during the year, that coach was out for one week. Holtz would take over that position for the week and do all the teaching he could. Wow. I mean, that that's what I call a leader who really knows his P's and Q's. And then again, the integrity and the honesty, as you well know, uh, you, you just have to be willing to do anything else, anyone else. Uh, okay, you ask them to do. But then one of the little secrets of leadership, and, and you don't find this you don't find this mentioned all the time, listening. You can't learn anything if you're doing all the talking. And so to be a great listener takes a lot of talent. You know, everybody when in conversations, cocktail parties, uh, you never interrupt anybody, but people do. You never tell a better story and try to top that story that's just been told. So leaders have to really, truly listen also. I could go on and on, of course, for 100 hours, but I'll be very short. What an extraordinary uh, opportunity for you to be best pals with, uh, Lou, over all of those years. Uh, For all of our uh, listeners on here, Lou had 249 wins. He actually led six different programs to championship uh, bowl games. And and obviously, you know, one of the most highly noted uh, schools uh, in the nation, in the world, obviously, is Notre Dame. So thanks for sharing that. Wow, that's, you know... That's incredible. The number one speaker for 15 years. That's in the world. Wild. In, in the world. In the world. I've I've heard him speak well over a hundred times. And no exaggeration. All right. Every single time, standing ovation. Is he one of your pals that you golf with? Do you uh take him out? Do you guys golf together? We play we play a lot of golf together. Yeah. Hundreds hundreds of rounds together. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know and you're you're you're, you're when, when you play with Holtz. Yeah. You know what you have to be thinking of? No. Second is last. <laughs> is that right, eh? Boy, is, that com- is he ever competitive? Woo-hoo! <laughs> you can't believe it, how competitive um, he is. And, well, yeah. I mean, you're uh, you're obviously, I mean, for you, every sport. I mean, you just love sports. So it's uh, it's fun that you can do that with a pal like that for so many years. Are you beating him uh, once in a while, or is he beating you? Or um, Well, we used, we used to have a traveling trophy. Yeah. And, and we were close. Then he wound up with a couple injuries, car accident with his neck, and very difficult times. And so uh, right now I do have an advantage on him. But for years, yeah. uh, it was dog-eat-dog, rat-eat-rat, and shark-eat-shark. Yeah. I, I just want to go back really quickly because I want to get to some hiring and firing and negotiations, all things that will serve really well to entrepreneurs and business owners. But you talked about Helen Keller and uh, how, you know, she made the comment about, you know, the worst thing is losing your vision, not your eyesight. Why is vision so important for a business owner or someone running a corporation? Well, it's very interesting that the American Management Association did a study 
They asked 500 CEOs just a few years ago, what does it take to be successful the next five years? What do you have to have within your corporation? And believe it or not, 83 to 84% of them said vision. Very, very interesting. Vision. Now get this. Of the 83 or 84% said that and answered that, only approximately 12 to 15% said that their companies were doing a good job of it. So, you know, some people will drive a car and they'll have their foot on the pedal and all <laughs> of a there's a, there's, there's a stop sign down there and they'll make that one. They'll miss the other one. Some people with vision, okay, are adjusting their foot on the pedal, okay, to make all five stop signs. Uh, uh, who was it? I'm not sure. I can even remember this, but Wayne Gretzky, you know, it's not where the puck is. It's where the puck will be. A lot of people have quoted yeah. that over, over, over many years. So you need people that can see the big picture. All right. I mean, you, you, you walk your offices, uh, uh, look at yourself, look at anybody who's on your team. Okay. Uh, and all of a sudden someone can be looking out the window. Hey, you know what? Guess what? As they look out the window, that's a plus because what are they doing? They're thinking. Hardest, most valuable task any person performs is thinking. And so that's the vision going out ahead of the rest of the competition. And that's mm -hmm. why I think it's so very important. And again, you want to go around with visionaries? You'll become, <laughs> you'll become a person with a lot of vision. That's what I do. I don't have any, I don't have any negative people. I don't go around with anybody that's negative. I go around with only positive people. And it does truly, sincerely uh, wear off on you. I tried to do the exact same thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, let's talk about hiring, Harvey. I know you've been studying har uh, hiring for years. And, and you know we all know that the most incredible, the most important thing for our team is, or for us is our team around us. Can you just talk to us about your philosophy around hiring? Uh, surely. There are approximately, pretty close, one million words in the English language. If everybody listening, uh, all right, if they don't understand this four-letter word, you cannot be, okay, you can't be a CEO, you can't be a president, you can't be president of college, you can't be a football coach, you can't work for a company where they got some direct reports. And, of course, if you've even got if you've even got a, a assistant or, or secretary, you know, reporting to you, that's it. Uh, it's important. Four-letter word to be successful. And what is that word? H-I-R-E. Can't make it, okay? You know, hire the wrong football coach and you go, of course, right down. <laughs> down, <laughs> down, down. Hire the right president. I'm here calling from ASU right now. Uh, and Phoenix, Arizona, they hired a president seven, eight years ago. Wow, he's taken them to the moon. Hire the right CEO, hire the right leader. Uh, go get go get the right person, you know, no matter what the expertise is. So that's very important. Then in hiring, and people will disagree with me on this, and there's no problem, but I've never hired a person. We got about oh, 450 to 500, I think, on the payroll. Uh, but in all my hiring years, all these decades, never hired a key person, a salesperson, which is really key, 
who I'm talking to right now, the best marketers and salespeople in all of Canada. Again, very proud of them and read a little bit about your company. A marvelous company, all right? Yeah. But Thanks, Harvey. It might not approve of this, but anytime I hire anyone, I will not hire that individual without going to talk to the spouse, assuming he or she is married. I want to meet the kids. I want to look the spouse right in the eye and say, anyone can buy an envelope machine. I'm in the envelope business, of course. Anyone can buy an envelope machine, okay? But I want to tell you, to hire a person and hire the right person is way more important, okay, than buying machinery and equipment. So I want to see the reaction of the kids. I want that spouse to know this is my biggest decision of the year. Uh, I have a little trick called the acid test of hiring. Acid test of hiring. I'll come in, you know, I'll be in my office. I'll have two or three or four people waiting for an interview of a job, let's say salespeople. And about 10 to 15 minutes into each meeting, I will say to myself, there's the key. How would I feel if this person were working for my competitor? And if that's, mm -hmm. if that, you know, if you're not worried, yeah. that's the end of the meeting. Yeah. And uh, also just, just lastly, uh, I really believe in industrial psychologists and they don't make the decision for you. But after, after you interview them, you call your industrial psychologist up. I'm sending someone over and they take the test and interview them. And all you tell that psychologist is, here's what I'm concerned about or here's what I'm worried about. And you refer them to that and then they dig deep and, mm -hmm. and you'll get your answers. So they have helped me immeasurably. Extraordinary insight. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, just a reminder, all our friends out there that uh, uh, if you're watching this on any of the live streams, any of the Facebook, any of our company uh, agent pages, please, guys, post your comments, share. Uh, please uh, tag me, tag uh, Harvey McKay. Uh, the hashtag is level up like uh, Harvey. Um, we are just going to everyone that makes a comment. We are sending you a copy of uh, Harvey's book that we talked about right there. So we can't wait. I know I said 50, but we'll send it out to everyone who makes a uh, comment on there, no matter how many that is. Uh, we just, I just think this is so much gold here, guys. And I'm just, it's, it's so exciting for me to have you, Harvey. So Harvey, I'll keep down my list uh, on the, on the other side. And this is a mistake that I see people make all the time when it comes to firing they they keep someone way too long and the person is starting to do damage and they're not in the culture or they don't fit what is your philosophy around firing well it it isn't the people you fire who make your life miserable mm. it's the people you don't fire right. <laughs> your life miserable uh, wall street journal uh, did a a fabulous study and went out and asked hundreds and hundreds of CEOs and presidents, what's the toughest thing you have to do? And everybody, uh, you know, uh, on the Zoom program here, they all know the answer, fire another <laughs> human being. Let someone go. And what's the reasons why? Well, you're in the comfort zone. You're making money. It's easy to procrastinate. Again, he or she might be a personal friend. But now uh, <laughs> we have a fellow by the name Paul Harvey always said here, in the States. Here's the rest of the story, okay? About 90% of those people, those executives said, I should have done it a lot sooner. Right. None of them ever said, gosh, I wish I had, okay, Mary or Al back on the payroll. Find something you love to do. You'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's the kind of people that you want 
on the payroll. Now, one other thing, a little controversial. Uh, I don't care. You can you can disregard everything I said, but no one can talk me out of this. And that is as follows. If you ever, and there's a lot of people on the program that will have to, over a lifetime, if you ever have to fire another person, terminate someone, as long as you live, uh, then guess what? Okay? If he or she is shocked, you are a poor manager. Agreements prevent disagreements. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. All right. And so therefore you have to, you know, you have to warn, teach them, let them know they're in trouble. But if you're called in and they're shocked, I repeat, you are a poor manager. Hmm. I couldn't agree more. Such great insight. So uh, Harvey teamwork, uh, obviously, you know, you have uh, many, many, many businesses. You, you speak, uh, you're a keynote speaker, you're a New York times bestseller. You're involved in so much teamwork obviously has to be a huge part of uh, your life. What is your message around teamwork maybe to all of our podcast listeners today? Well, there's something much more scarce, something rare, uh, something unusual, okay, uh, that you can do regarding teamwork. I mean, it sounds corny. It sounds sophomoric. It sounds shop warm. It sounds whole hum and, and nothing could be further from the truth. So what is teamwork? It's a collection of diverse people who respect each other and are committed to each other's successes. And then you will slam your competitors into the pavement and you will hand them their heads. And uh, let me just give you again a brief example of teamwork. Uh, I was driving a car 10 miles outside a big city, huge rainstorm, partial flood. This car gets stuck in the mud, sees a farmyard, walks the five minutes, raps on the door, tells the farmer his car is stuck up there on the highway, might he be able to help? Farmer uh, says, well, I've got a, a blind mule named Elmo back in the back. He says, great, they trudge Elmo a couple hundred yards through the muck and mire. Farmer hooks him up to the car, and he hollers out, pull, Sam, pull. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. Pull, but I see pull. Nothing happens. Pull, Jackson, pull. Nothing happens. Pull, Elmo, pull. Elmo rips and roars that car right out of the mud. And the, <laughs> I'm confused and perplexed. I, I, I don't understand. What did you have to call out all those names for? Look, if he didn't think he had any help, he wouldn't even try. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to go through a couple last things here and then uh, I want to get through uh, some stuff and then we're going to talk about uh, something that uh, was really important to you. Um, so Harvey, it's funny, we have more than 7,000 mortgage professionals in Canada that you know uh, work under our banners and I've always said they don't work for us, I work for them. Our job is to make their job easier. Um, and I, I, I try to take time to stay really connected. I'm, I'm personally mentoring and coaching a team of 50 newbies we call them newbies new mortgage professionals and i i coach them every single week and they're doing extraordinary things we're making them into like absolute business assassins um and the one thing that i i measure them on every week is how is the telephone and how many calls and how many people they're connecting with and you and i you know talked about the telephone the phone is an awesome weapon and i know that this is a huge strategy for you can you just to those 50 who are all on this call right now can you remind them why that is such an awesome weapon 
Well, and of course, everyone knows that uh, there's is uh, uh, how many billion? I think eight billion people on the planet. All eight billion have been affected by COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of winners and there's a lot of losers. And I don't think it'll ever be the the same. There'll be a uh, not the same norm. There'll be a, a new norm. So therefore, that telephone as well as the Zoomer, which all your people have done remarkably well, which is, which is wonderful. That uh, that does mean a lot when you're trying to grow your business. And I'll bet when COVID happened, everybody was down in the dumps. Not everybody, but most people. When you get to a crisis, you can really find out what people believe in. So here's a couple of tips that they can use tomorrow morning. And I hope they use it the rest of their life. Okay, because I use the telephone all of the day, thousands and thousands of calls, as well as personal calls all of my life. And so if I call up, and ask for you, okay, and I get your voicemail, then what I will say, nine out of 10 people that are listening right now, uh, is Harvey calling, and please give me a call. Eh, wrong, don't ever do it again. Never, never leave a message because of time management, okay, because of respect, without saying, I can be reached between three and five tomorrow two and six, 8 a.m., whatever. I'll be out of the office for a day. Let them know when you can be reached. And that's so very, very important uh, uh, from a time manager standpoint that you're showing respect for your client who you're calling. I Nine out of 10 people just say, hey, call me, you know, yeah. or so-and-so call. Very polite, very kind, but again, uh, not practical. Uh, when I call you, uh, hey, Gary, how are you? It's Harvey. And you you say hello. I get you on the phone. I want every person, hopefully, they'll do it as long as they live. Okay, as long as they use that telephone, all right? One thing you say as soon as you answer, Gary, is this a good time to talk? Mm. Did I catch you at a good time? My experience over half a century is that it's one in five. One mm. out of five absolutely will tell you they're just getting on an airplane, they're with their wife, sat on the dinner, happened to be with a client, myriad of reasons why. But so very, very important. Now, here's here's the real problem. One in five will tell you, all right, to please call back and arrange time. But there's also another person out there doesn't want to be rude, and they take the call, and they're also doing other things, and you don't get clear, unadulterated focus on that telephone and then one other uh one other thing if you're lucky enough and if you don't today maybe you will you have someone at at the office okay use and i mean really use that telephone as a weapon i'm talking about the secretary or assistant now here's what you do uh gary you call mr mckayan no uh, yes he said uh tell him who's calling give me your name and then she will say, oh, yes, Mr. McKay is expecting your call. I want to tell you, uh, again, my philosophy, I want every customer I have, which is about 300 of them, I want everyone to think, used to have 300, mm-hmm. that they are the only customer I have. And that's a wow. Yes, he's expecting your call. I will put you through. Isn't that nice? 
That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's so simple and, and it's just such great tips that are so applicable uh, right away. Hey, Harvey, I'd like to talk to you about some examples of your gift giving. You talk about the McKay 66 and, you know, when you use that in this incredible Rolodex of thousands of people since you're or by the age of 21. Um, as that offshoot of creativity, you have some great thoughts around the power of creative gift giving. A, why is it so important? And B, can you give us a couple of examples of some really? gifts that you've sent? Yeah, I could keep here all, all day on that one. And this is what we teach our our 27, 25 person, okay, sales force and so forth. You, you can't do enough of this, okay? That's why when you're staring and looking out the window, sometimes you're thinking of how to become creative and how, again, I repeat, not to be boring and not to be predictable. But I, uh, 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 the gift that you want to give, and with all respect to the food and the desserts and the, and the things that come that you can use up, what you want to do with your top big clients is to try, attempt, think, hardest, most valuable task any person performs. Think about some item that they will have in front of them of the house or on the desk. And every time they look at it, guess what? They think of you. Right. I mean, it's so very, very important. Larry King wrote a book. Uh, you know, he's got friends all over the world. What can you find for Larry King? Well, I went out and found him a 10-foot a, a pen, found pen, okay? <laughs> 10 feet. Yeah, crazy. Magnificent, beautiful. Okay, made by this fabulous company. And every time I walked in his living room, there it was, right in the living room. He was so proud of it. Every day he walks by, he thinks of it. I was mentoring a person, and I want to go in the – uh, reverse here just for a minute, because this is so very important. If you go out and ask 100,000 executives all over the world why they became successful, uh, about 90% will say they had a mentor. Mm. You cannot do it all by yourself, and that's why I'm so proud of you, uh, you know, you know, working with those persons. And uh, yeah. them, I think you said approximately. Yeah. So so that's, that's really important. Okay, so I, I mentor this fellow. He's the athletic director of a, of a major institution. And I've got a big birthday. I don't remember which one it was. And what yeah. does he send me? He sends me a clock with gorgeous chimes. It's 20 years ago. Yeah. I've been thinking about him for 20 years because every hour the chimes are unbelievable. That's, <laughs> that's, that's extraordinary. That's what you call creative. We have, a, we have an announcer called Ted Koppel. Some might be familiar with it. But he's one of the five best in the country for old oh, 20, 30 years. He's still on beyond his peak a little bit, but he's still solid as a rock. So I get a chance to introduce him, uh, 2,000 people, University of Minnesota. And I want to be a little creative, pick him up after the speech, take him back to the hotel, pick him up next morning, send him, send him off. I come back to my office, right? And I say, dear Ted, uh, so, you know, most of us do something like this. Dear Ted, you were terrific. Everybody loved you. Uh, hope our paths uh, will meet again. Boring. Yeah. It'll go in the ash can. Yeah. So sure. what did I do? Okay. I went out and found a six-foot, five-inch yeah. tennis racket, yeah. a tennis ball the size of a podium, and I wrote him a note. I wish I could remember it all, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> any, anyway. 
uh, it, it, it was very, very clever. And guess what? Little things mean a lot. Again, not true. Little things mean everything. He went on the cover. We'll repeat again, predictability and fun, boring. He went on the cover of Swim with the Sharks. And I took that signature and then ratcheted it up. Ratcheted it up. Gee, Koppel thought this was a great book. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I just, I could listen to these stories all day long. And these ideas, I mean, they're just, they're so unbelievable and so much fun. Uh, maybe a couple of last little things. And then uh, I know, uh, Harvey, we want to get into, uh, you, you did this incredibly uh, great program where you mentored uh, 25 high-level executive CEOs for more than a year. So we're going to get to that in one second. Uh, maybe just tell us the story quickly about uh, Bill Bradley. For those that don't recognize that name, former U.S. Uh, Senator, uh, at the state of New Jersey, NBA All-Star, two-time uh, champion with the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, I know a, uh, a dear friend of uh, Harvey's as well. Can you share with us uh, that story that you love so much about uh, Bill? Uh, yes, he was a three-term senator, as I recall, from, from New Jersey. But anyway, he told the story on himself, walked in his Philadelphia uh, restaurant, sat down, busboy comes up, puts a pat of butter down and a roll, Bradley says, I'd like another pat of butter. Busboy says, one pat of butter to a customer, sir. <laughs> Bradley says, don't you know who I am? And the busboy says, no, who? He says, my name's Bill Bradley. Graduated number one in my class, Princeton University. First string, All-American, Associated Press, basketball. First round draft choice, New York Knicks. All right, elected U.S. Senator. <laughs> elected Rhodes Scholar. It was a very impressive credentials, Mr. Bradley. But don't you know who I am? No, who? I'm the man in charge of the butter. <laughs> there will always be someone in charge of the knives and the forks and the butter. And <laughs> we have to be nice to everyone. It's nice to be important, but more important to be nice. Yeah, incredible. Well, listen, I want to take the last few minutes, uh, Harvey, and I'd love you to tell us about this story of these 25, uh, you know, yes. business people that you mentored. I think it was a foundation of maybe the uh, McKay University. So uh, could you please share that with us? Because I think everyone on here is going to be blown away by what they hear. Well, I want I want them to listen. Uh, it's going to sound very braggadocio and very self-serving, but I want you to really listen up, please. Again, you can almost forget about everything I've said, but I would like your attention in the next, you know, three minutes approximately. Very important. You won't understand it till I get through it, but I think it involves uh, every person uh, in that audience. So uh, my philosophy, which you already used in your opener, Gary, biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. I have written this out because never done this before. First time, I don't want to miss one word, and I think every one of you listening again and on the Zoom program here will admit uh, and happy that I did write it out so I didn't miss one single thing. So here it is, a couple minutes, that's it. So the reason why I created the Harvey McKay Academy is to help people get the best material that I've developed over the last 60 years of helping people improve their leadership and their networking and their sales, negotiations, management skills. And so the academy includes the following, 17 
five-minute videos called the Harvey McKay Mastery Crash Course, 12-step course, best of, 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 of what I have to offer you on my salesmanship, management, leadership, and networking. 22 videos of some of the best speakers and world-class leaders like Lou Holtz, Ken Blanchard, the one-minute manager, Marilyn Carlson Nelson took her company 20 billion to 50 billion. Okay, Carlson Bogenley, uh, John Maxwell. Some of you might know him, maybe a lot of you know him. Uh, just, just try to understand this. He has taught, he's number one in leadership in the entire world, okay? And he has coached and taught 50,000 executives in 200 countries. John Gray, world famous. Of course, men are from Mars, da, 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 you know. Dr. Uh, Michael Bruce, uh, the sleep doctor. And then hopefully some of you have heard of Brendan Burchard, uh, number one in the world at what he does about becoming successful. So there's also 50 90-minute teleseminars that I delivered on a variety of topics, such as sales and marketing and customer service and entrepreneurship, teamwork, and, and more, plus all my books. Uh, and handouts of my weekly national syndicated column, again, appears in 100 newspapers around uh, the United States and 100 cities with a circulation of more than 10 million readers and just a little bit more all video and audio presentations. This is big. All video and audio presentations have been, been transcribed, okay, to provide users with a treasure trove of material to study, to mark it up, to personalize, use in meetings, business presentations, there's quizzes, and most videos and teleseminars have those. Uh, you, you you just transcribe memes. Uh, again, very quickly, let's just say that uh, a person like Lou Holtz, you're calling on, and of course, Holtz is on there, three different, uh, three different programs, and they went to Notre Dame, everybody loves him, bingo, just push a key on your computer, 40 pages spit out, and there you've got everything in writing. So the whole program is not the whole, but almost 80% is all okay, beautifully developed in writing. Now it contains well over 150 hours of learning, kind of practical business advice that schools should, but they don't of course teach. And I call this getting your MBA okay in street smarts in the real world. So here we go. If you purchase a copy of my latest book, and they showed it on the screen already. I don't have to hold it up to you. Okay, you haven't hit your peak yet. Okay, from Amazon or, okay, anyone else where you purchase books, all right? And then you send me an email. Listen closely. Send me an email. All it is is harvey at mckay.com. Repeat, harvey at mckay, M-A-C-K-A-Y dot com. All right? And all you do is say, Dear Harvey, I bought the book. That's it. No proof of, of, of buying the book. Just on your word, integrity. Harvey, I bought the book. Then I will send you free access, no charge, gratis. Okay? What these people paid $150,000 for, it's all yours forever to use in the study and take your game to the next level. Now, what's your cost? Well, $16, <laughs> $16 hardcover. $16 hardcover 
uh, U.S. dollars. So keep in mind that the, the Harvey K. Caddy could be shared. This is another biggie. Okay, with coworkers, family members, friends, and of course, obviously, your key customers. So it's a lifetime opportunity to improve yourself and, and others, of course. You always want to grow your family. You want to grow the people in your company. You want to grow your customers. Hey, you're not going to lose when you can pass on something like this. And then, well, again, braggadocio and self-serving, but I'm sorry. <laughs> this, will, this, will, this will change your life. Without question, this will change your life. Many of you, you remember this Zoom meeting, I predict 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Uh, and remember, it not only delivers money, it delivers happiness. Mm. This counts so much, so, so very much. So I salute and applaud Gary. Uh, he's a heck of a negotiator. <laughs> this is what he accomplished. He handed me my head. He slammed me in the pavement. But I, <laughs> probability-wise, I may never do this again. I've never done it before. So uh, there's a deadline, of course. That's at the end of the week. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's the end of the week, something at my, my computer. Uh, uh, that's the that's the deadline, end of the week. Okay, that's uh, that's what I have to... Uh, yeah, Harv, let me just jump in on that. And, and first off, I mean, I just can't believe how... Uh, insightful and your stories. Uh, it's just been such a treat. And I cannot believe your generosity. Listen, for all of you on this uh, on this uh, program today, uh, I have always said for many years, the absolute best investment that you can ever make is in yourself. And I was telling Harvey before this call, I have 220 hours of my favorite podcasters, all my favorite, you know, people that I've listened to over the years. Uh, Harvey is on many of them to get his 150 hour library of his best of his best over a 60 year, you know, sort of professional lifetime, you know, 30 years, more than 30 years since his first book. Harvey, I will use every minute of those 150 hours personally. Anyone on here who I said we're going to send a book, all you got to do is when, when Tara contacts you on these contacts, we will send you Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty instead of the book that we held up so that you go online and actually buy Harvey's book. This is his newest book. It's out. He wants obviously to see the numbers. Guys, are you kidding me? Right? Harvey, I can't even believe it that you would even say to us, that you would give us your entire library. I don't know if you guys know this, but how a big part of how Harvey developed this library is he charged 25 individuals, did a 12-year or 12-month uh, program, as he said, the CEOs and executives and leaders, they paid $150,000 for that program. And as he was building that program, he had so many of these speakers come in and he pulled so much of his material from the past and brought it in there. I mean, this is extraordinary. And I just, I want you to know, Harvey, from the bottom of my heart personally, how unbelievably grateful I am for this. And listen, if there's ever anything, I'm going to think really hard, really creative to do something very special for you because you've done something very special for all of us. Well, I, uh, I sincerely appreciate those very kind words. Yeah. It's uh, thank you, and it, and they're they're so true. Listen, uh, the last thing I'll uh, I'll wind up with, uh, guys. Uh, you saw the uh, the Facebook right level up uh, like uh, Harvey. Uh, please, guys, make a comment on social media, tag it. I'd like to see you out there. Best level up podcast ever today, Harvey McKay. 
right? I'd like to see that. Please tag me in that. Incredibly important. Harvey, so uh, we'll stick around for a minute after we wrap here. But on behalf of all kinds of Canadians on the live feed, uh, the Canadian mortgage and finance space, uh, all of our brokers, a lot of them across Canada and our competitors, uh, thank you so much for being a remarkable guest, for being so kind, so gracious, so elegant, and so generous with all of your knowledge and all of your sharing. I, I hope we can do it uh, sometime again, sometime. I could sit and I could listen to you for hours. There was a comment that just said, could you imagine if Harvey was your grandfather? Could you imagine how extraordinarily lucky you would be? And I think we all feel that way today. So thank you, Harvey. I want to thank our sponsor on the program, First National Financial, a great partner to us. Uh, in a industry leader in the Canadian mortgage and finance space, uh, Stephen, Scotty, Jason, the whole gang there, and your entire remarkable team. Thanks, guys, for being uh, so incredible uh, to all of us over all of these years. Well, you are the best of the best, and I just loved every minute of this program. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I just can't wait to go online, order my book, and uh, download this uh, this 150 hours. I mean, literally, I'll, I'll, I'll be starting that probably as soon as this evening. So thank you, Harvey, for being so sincere. The last thing I'll say, guys, before I go, Todd Duncan, we're bringing a half-day seminar, uh, June 8th, half-day with Todd Duncan, arguably one of the very best mortgage trainers in the world. You've seen Todd before. I brought him last year for three days for the entire Canadian mortgage space. We're bringing him back, no cost to any of you this year, guys. As always, the most important thing for us is for you to all, you know, turn that light on, get that ignition to that personal development. If you're better, we're all better. Our customers are better served. Thank you guys on behalf of DLC, the entire group, the management team. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. We are uh, so grateful. Harv, we'll stick on uh, for another minute. Uh, with that, I'll sign off. And uh, thank you very much, gang. Bye-bye. <laughs>